Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Professor Edward Dutton, and we've spoken three times in the past. Some of our earlier interviews you can listen to uh, on William Ramsey Investigates. One of them is uh, about his book, Witches, Feminism, and the Fall of the West, a book published in August 2021. And then we also discussed at our wits end why we're becoming less intelligent and what, what it means for the future. Uh, we also did one about uh, Churchill. That was another one. He has a number of other books. He has an upcoming book. Uh, in addition to the one that we're going to talk about today, the upcoming book is The Past is a Future Country, The Coming Conservative Demographic Revolution. But today we're going to talk about a book he just published. title of that book, and it's out now, is Sent Before Their Time, Genius, Charisma, and Being Born Prematurely. So we can talk about that in detail with Professor Edward Dutton. Edward, welcome back to the show. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. Oh, hello again. Yes, thank you for having me back. <clears throat> awesome. So for people who may not have heard of our earlier interviews, can you kind of talk about your the all of the text that you've written and what led you to write this particular book? Oh, well, I, 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 it's a, uh, I started off, to, uh, I got very interested in, uh, about 10 years ago in the subject of intelligence. And then from there, I got uh, very interested in the subject of genius because uh, it is it is the geniuses that come up with amazing ideas that are groundbreaking and that uh, are behind the rise of, of civilization. And uh, I, I did a book on genius uh, some years ago called The Genius Famine with uh, Dr. Bruce Charlton on how we're producing fewer per capita geniuses because we're becoming less intelligent. And then in reading about uh, more about the subject of genius and so on, it struck it, it struck me one day um, that um, a number of prominent scientific geniuses were born prematurely, severely prematurely. And I thought this was strange because... Um, being born prematurely and particularly severely prematurely, uh, for example, Sir Isaac Newton was probably born about two months prematurely. When he was born, he could uh, fit inside a court mug. Uh, Johannes Kepler was born about two months prematurely, um, as, as was Thomas Hobbes. And it got me thinking, well, that's a bit strange because um, being born prematurely is the, one of the biggest single predictors of bad life outcomes. Being born prematurely is associated with reduced IQ, with skewed and narrow IQ, with psychopathic personality, with autism, with ADHD, with um, not not uh, getting married or having children, with uh, all, all kinds of uh, physical and uh, with depression, with anxiety, with all kind with uh, unemployment, with pretty much every bad life outcome you can think of. So, isn't it fascinating that these these uh, people were born? Uh, prematurely. And I uh, looked into it and I, I, I uh, explored in, in depth um, you know, I, I, who exactly was born prematurely, who counts as eminent, uh, who is widely regarded as having been a genius. And I discovered that, uh, first of all, the people that were born prematurely are um, overrepresented uh, in relation to what their percentage of the population should be statistically in terms of their level of, uh, of, of scientific and artistic um, uh, uh, genius. And secondly, that they are clearly very, very conspicuous uh, presence, although it's impossible to say whether they're overrepresented, but they're a very conspicuous presence uh, in all ma uh, major religions uh, and in mythology as leaders, as charismatic leaders that sort of somehow make the world, uh, make a cold world feel warm again and inspire people and so on. And it occurred to me that maybe, um, although in general, it's just as people that are left-handed have lower, and by the way, prematurity and left-handedness correlate, people that are left-handed are 
uh, that predicts bad life outcomes. But people that are very, very intelligent, they, they are more likely to be left-handed than people hmm. that are. And I wondered if the same was true of prematurity. I, in general, prematurity predicts a bad life outcomes. And uh, But perhaps it also is overrepresented among, as it were, very, very good life outcomes or, or uh, you know, being extremely eminent, a, charis a charismatic leader or a genius or whatever it happens to be. And so I looked in, into that and realised that, that that was the case. And that's really the essence of the book. And it's also a personal thing for me, because, um, as you know, uh, uh, academia has become so woke and ridiculous these days that there was a woman who was able to get a PhD from the Chicago School of Psychology by right by interviewing herself about what it's like to be an sexual black lesbian feminist so that's 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 how far we've fallen these days in terms of academia dimitri ozen is her name um has got a, a doctorate on that basis so i thought well i became personally interested in this because i was actually born three months prematurely uh in 1980 when the survival rate for people born that early was about 25 percent so on a personal level i was also interested in it and so yeah so that's where the book came from right and so you did some studies i mean you kind of go back to some of the topics that you have in your other books, what's genius, nature of intelligence, and then go into examples of people who are premature, correct? That's right. Yeah, I, I look at a number of examples. And the, the key the key thing in understanding it is that um, because uh, being born prematurely is such an appalling environmental insult, um, in, in obviously in, in terms of the development of the brain and body, in terms of the development of the brain, the, it, it means that you have undersized lungs, which means that uh, not enough oxygen gets to the brain, which means that you get localized brain damage, which means the parts of the brain just shrivel up and don't grow. Um, you get uh, um, uh, you, the skull is too thin when you're born. So you get brain damage from that. And so it, it's such a huge insult that it's uh, to the to the body. <clears throat> that it struck me that if these people, if premature people are overrepresented among genius, then that surely must be because they were born prematurely. It can't be that, oh, well, they would be even more genius and even more charismatic had they not been born prematurely. It's more likely that it, that it is causal. And then what I found is that the key, the key predictors, if you, if you, the key predictors are, um, in, in a positive sense, of, of uh, the key correlates of being born prematurely are also those things which in the right circumstances can lead to genius. So therefore, I concluded that, that this is a causal relationship, that these people were not born to genius parents or highly charismatic parents. They were significantly different from their parents. Their parents were just ordinary people in most cases, and um, or ordinary level people, and that it was the prematurity which was causal. Fascinating. So what, uh, and it, because that at, at the time of birth, that because of their difference from maybe a standard birth, those influences led to this higher intelligence. Is that what you're saying? Well, not higher intelligence exactly, but it's it's um, it's certain kinds of brain damage. So if we look at the issue of intelligence, then what you tend to find with people that are uh, geniuses is they have high but narrow intelligence. 
So as we discussed before on the show, intelligence can be conceived of as a bit like a pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid are specialized abilities that are only weakly associated with intelligence, like the ability to drive a car or the ability to catch a ball or correctly shoot a gun or something like that. And then as you move up, you get the, the three main kinds of intelligence, linguistic intelligence, spatial intelligence, and mathematical intelligence. And then as you move up again, um, you get you get G, you get general intelligence. And as you move up that hierarchy, then people will will be um, the, the different kinds of intelligence become less positively correlated. And the result of that is you can get geniuses often will have outlier high IQ, very, very high IQ, but it will be narrow such that their overall IQ might not be that high because they're so rubbish at certain uh, elements of the IQ test. Often, for example, their spatial intelligence seems to be bad. So if you look at that in terms of very, very narrow intelligence, then an example of that actually would be what's called the autistic savant or the idiot savant, which is uh, these people overwhelmingly are born very, very prematurely. Uh, and they have very, very narrow high intelligence. They're mentally retarded, but they are extremely intelligent in one particular narrow way. And an example of this is Derek Parvacini, who was born in uh, 1979, about three and a half months early. Of course, he was blind. This is one of the consequences of being born prematurely, blindness. It's why Stevie Wonder was blind. Stevie Wonder was born six weeks early. Oh, uh, and uh, that is why he was blind. You, you get this particular condition, which if you were born that early, which makes it much more likely that you go blind. But this person is, is, is effectively a bit like Rain Man, a genius in one very narrow area. So that's the first thing about genius. They have it's high intelligence, but it's skewed intelligence. And that seems to be one of the things that could happen if you were born prematurely. Yes, overall, their average IQ is going to be lower, but because they have brain damage, they have damage at a very early stage to certain parts of the brain, the brain is going to make up for that, compensate for that slowly uh, by uh, commandeering the non-damaged parts of the brain, um, it, which will make, cause their brain to work in an unusual way. And one of the manifestations of that could be that they have rubbish intelligence in certain areas, let's say spatial intelligence and mathematical intelligence, this seems to be low among preemies, um, but very, very, very high linguistic intelligence or very high some other form of intelligence. So that's the first parallel they have with geniuses. And it's because the genius has this very narrow but very high intelligence that he can solve problems that other people can't necessarily solve. But, but then there are other things that he'll be no good at. For example, A.J. Eyre, the philosopher, obviously brilliantly intelligent. Um, uh, and uh, and but but uh, but but. Um, he didn't develop blindness until midlife. No, that's correct. But the, it says Oswald Spengler on the screen, I see. Okay, um, sorry. We were talking about Huxley. We're just uh, – uh, he was wondering if Aldous Huxley was uh, born Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry. I thought you were talking about Steve Wonder. Uh, anyway, so so the Steve Wonder was blind from, as I understand, from a very young age. Right. Anyway, so 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 they um, they have this very very narrow intelligence, but then it's very very high. So that's the first thing as a consequence of the brain damage that is caused by being born prematurely. Now, the second thing which uh, prematurity is is associated with is autism. Um, autism means that you have poor social skills, you are easily overstimulated, you you take in far too much stimulation. But this also 
um, correlates with outlier high intelligence, because if you're autistic, you can solve problems better. What intelligence is about is solving cognitive problems. If you're autistic, you'll be very, very high in systematizing, very low in empathy, which is the consequence, but very high in systematizing. And you'll be good at solving problems and you'll be obsessed with solving problems. That's an element of genius. Um, <clears throat> being low in empathy, you will also be kind of low in agreeableness. So you won't care that your new ideas offend. This is an element of genius. Or you won't be able to anticipate that they'll offend even if they do. And so what this this is another thing which geniuses have in common, and it is causal among people that are born prematurely. People that are born prematurely are more likely to be autistic. Um, another another element of it then is also um, some psychopathic personality. This is elevated among geniuses because if you are high in psychopathology, you will be low in empathy, and therefore you will um, you will be able, you will. Uh, uh, not care about offending people and you will be happy to challenge the status quo and whatever and that's an inherently a part of genius you won't care about offending right. people you will have poor sort of impulse control in a way and this will allow you to be not rule following to think outside the box you know i mean sir right. isaac newton was so low in rule following that he once got so angry with his mother he threatened to burn her house down Right. Um, like he was a very strange guy spent all of his time alone writing and stuff high yeah, functioning but, psychopath by any right. definition wow. and he would he would he was so autistic and so he would become so obsessed with his various problems that he would literally um just stand still on the stairs and lost in thought while people while he had guests in another room so wow. anyway so this is this is something that, that this psychopathology is something which um uh, geniuses have in common particularly artistic geniuses um uh, and uh, and um and it's something also which is caused by being born uh, prematurely another thing is attention hyper adhd attention um deficit hyperactivity disorder now this is very interesting what this means is that you can intensely focus on things but only on things that you're really interested in and you won't focus on anything else. You'll, you'll get bored easily by anything else. So it takes you time to be able to find the, the thing that you're fascinated by, the thing that is like your life's goal, the problem that you want to solve. And so this is called, this is associated with, with uh, being born prematurely and with genius. And what it means among geniuses, of course, is that they can very, very, to an unbelievable degree, focus on a problem. Like Isaac Newton, when he was asked how he solved problems, he says, I, I, I keep them always before me. So that he's only thinking about that and nothing else. Um, now, the result of that, of course, is that they will only do well in the things that they really like. And so in that sense, the education system poorly serves the genius. And what you tend to find is that often the genius in that sense is a late developer. The genius right. won't do that well at school. Isaac Newton did not do that well at school. Albert Einstein fits that model. Albert perfectly. Einstein is another one. Um, Albert Einstein, by the way, is one of the people that I people speculate was born prematurely. I proved that, that he wasn't. But th th if you look at the, the popular books on this, they state, say state that a lot of people who, who were not who I'd looked into the history were not, in fact, born prematurely were. But nevertheless, they premature people are still overrepresented. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so that's what they're like. That's what Albert Einstein was like. That's what Newton was like. Um, Newton almost failed his degree uh, because he just wasn't interested in it enough. Albert Einstein um, failed to get into the place that he wanted to get into to do his degree. I ended up doing his PhD part time while working as a postal clerk. Uh, Francis Crick uh, failed to get into Cambridge, his first choice university. So went to London University. This is the discoverer of DNA. Uh, went to London University instead and I didn't get a particularly good degree and then dropped out of various doctoral courses before finding his true passion. So they, they tend to be in that sense 
um, uh, late developers. And that's also associated with being autistic, because if you're autistic, then um, the world is, uh, well, and not just autistic, but neurotic, if you're high in negative feelings, if you're high in anxiety. And that's another thing that is associated not quite so much with scientific genius, but certainly with artistic genius, uh, and certainly with charisma, with being a charismatic leader, uh, because it means that you feel negative feelings very, very strongly. And this gives you a strong, this can, this can cause you to have sort of religious experiences to deal with the negative feelings. And this gives you a, a sense of, of, of mission and a sense of purpose, uh, that life means something. And from that, you can kind of inspire people. Um, and the other thing is, that if you're anxious, then what are you doing if you're anxious? You're constantly thinking. You're worrying. But worrying is thinking. So you're thinking about lots of things all the time, what might happen. And the negative consequence, of course, of that is anxiety and depression. But the positive consequence of that is that you might be thinking about some problem and you can solve the problem. Now, all of these things, all of these very important traits are central to genius and they are significantly elevated among, and they're not the only ones, there's some others that are of more minor importance we could look at as well, but they are significantly elevated among people that are born prematurely, and they are really the essence of genius. They are what causes genius and what causes uh, uh, the, the charismatic, inspiring sort of leader. Um, to, um, and so that's why I think that the, the relationship is, um, is, is causal in nature. Gotcha. And I mean, what what would you say like other examples are other than Isaac Newton of people who fit this profile when you're researching researching it? Well, if I look at the uh, people that I um, that I came up with uh, I, I, in my book, there's a whole there's a whole list of them. So so if you look at prominent people that were supposedly born early in academia, you have Johannes Kepler, you have Thomas Hobbes, you have Isaac Newton, you have Voltaire, you have George J.J. Rousseau, you have George Cuvier, who was huge in paleontology. You have Ernest Renan, who was huge in philosophy and history. Uh, so those those are the those are the key uh, prematurely born scientists. In terms of the arts, you have J.W. von Goethe. You have uh, John Keats, the famous poet. You have uh, Victor Hugo, the famous novelist. And, of course, his character Quasimodo was supposedly born uh, prematurely. Uh, you have uh, Algernon Swinburne, the famous poet. You have um, Anna Pavlova, the famous ballerina. Uh, you have uh, Yuki, Yukio Mishimo, the famous Japanese uh, writer. Right. Mm -hmm. You have Sidney Poitier. Uh, you have Philip K. Dick. You have Stevie Wonder. Um, then in terms of religion, uh, you have Moses. He was supposedly born three months early. Buddha, supposedly born three months early. Muhammad, seemingly born a few weeks early. Hussein bin Ali, the founder of Shia Islam, born early. Uh, you have Charles Wesley, the founder of Methodism, born early. Helena Blavatsky, the founder of Theosophy. Um, Pope Benedict XV, major reformer in the Catholic Church. Savitri Devi, the Nazi Hindu occultist. And I don't know whether you'd say this person was a genius, maybe a semi-genius. Warren Jeffs, the prophet of the fundamentalist church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, two and a half months early. Right. Um, in, and then in terms of uh, in, in politics, it's not so much the case because it would have to be the, the sort of inspiring um, uh, sort of politician for, the, for you to say that that person was a political genius. But certainly Winston Churchill was born about two months early. Uh, people often say that... Uh, Lord Denning uh, is, is in England is a legal genius. He was born about two months early. Uh, I don't know. Richard B. Spencer, the founder of the alt right, one month early. Um, but uh, there, there are various people there. And then even in sport, you might think it's strange, but in sport, Tyson Fury, the famous boxer, who is six foot nine, 
Uh, one of the things that can be caused by being born prematurely is interference with the growth of, uh, of, uh, of your pituitary gland, which can cause you to be massively tall. On average, people that are born early are shorter than they would otherwise be because they are fast life history strategists. They are set up to live fast and die young by the insult of their environments. They tend to be shorter than they, than they would otherwise be. And then also in terms of high psychopathic personality, I don't think it's a coincidence that um, Peter Sutcliffe, the mass murderer born right. early, Isaiah Sagawa, the Kobe cannibal, Paris cannibal, born early, and to Sumi Miyazaki, the Otoka murderer, born early. So th these are these are some of the people that we're we're talking about. Right, and I mean, yeah. So that's it. And did, do you think that this prematureness influences them uh, psychologically because they're always treated as kind of different from the very beginning of their life? Oh, so and so is premature. He's not in that the center of the herd, so to speak. Does that make sense? Um, oh, you, uh, that, that sort of, I mean, yeah, I'm, what, what I was looking at it was, was more in terms of how it would influence their psychology in a way that is re reducible down to the big five personality traits and to various conditions and things like that. But certainly, yeah, what you would expect is that they would be, uh, they would be uh, inherent, uh, they would be sort of for, for, by virtue of having been born early, if nothing else happened, they would be of this kind of nature. And then the environment could make it better or worse. So, for example, one of the things that will cause a child to be born early is that their mother is of a highly anxious disposition. Uh, let, let's say she has high blood pressure. Uh, she's high in anxiety. She's neurotic. Um, and therefore, she has a child early. And so he will not only uh, be neurotic by virtue of being born early, he will have the, the, the neuroticism that is inherited genetically from his mother and in addition to that, she will treat him in such a way that will, you know, elevate his neuroticism even further. And obviously, then, if he is left out, if he is if he is excluded, then this, as happens to people that are born prematurely. I mean, I, that's why I put a, a short uh, autobiographical uh, chapter on my own experiences as someone born three months early in the book. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a genius. That is for others to say. But but um, I, I do put that in because I can tell you, you know, for example, I walked like a Thunderbird, literally like a Thunderbird um, in, you know, the TV series um, mm -hmm. in, until I was about 13 years old. And of course, people I couldn't do the things other kids could do. I was always last in sport. I couldn't do any sport. They would ask spastic, you know, whatever. And um, and so you do you do end up as a person born prematurely, uh, spending a lot of time alone, uh, feeling excluded, feeling like an outsider, feeling that you're kind of a, a, apart from others. This could elevate neuroticism. Uh, this could elevate psychopathic traits and 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 fast like what we call fast life history traits. It, it sets you up to see the world as a dangerous. Um, sort of um, unloving, uh, insecure kind of place. And that could, at the environmental level, then elevate even further the traits which are associated with, uh, with um, uh, genius um, that, that, that have been caused by the damage that's been done to your brain. Right. And I mean, so did you find, so it's a positive correlation between prematurity and genius. Did you find a negative correlation between prematurity and athleticism? So our premature people. Well, yeah, the, on average, that's again a similar thing. So on average, people who are um, I didn't I can't tell you that they're overrepresented or whatever. But on average, people that are um, born prematurely are that they have they have basically mild cerebral palsy. 
So they, they, they have mobility difficulties. They have problems with coordination. They tend to develop late physically. It's another thing, which, of course, is going to give them a lack of confidence anyway in going into sport or anything like that. They're going to be bad at sport. They're going to be, they're going to be no good at sport and they're going to hate it. And I, I personally at school hated it. They hate, they will hate sport. And this, this often will, will, it may be causal in them tending to be um, less healthy, uh, that they, they have weaker hearts. They're more likely to have strokes. They're more likely to have I mean, high blood pressure. They're more likely to have minor, minor physical abnormalities. They're more likely to have all, all kinds of um, things. Um, it's, it's incredible the number of potential things that are wrong with them. They're more likely to have poor relationships with their mothers because they're kept in an incubator. And so the bonding with the mother doesn't occur. Um, there's all there all kinds of, of problems that they have. It's I mean, even things like weird birth defects on the vaginas of females that are born early. Even things like that. So, 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 uh, but in terms of sport, no, they're going to be bad at it. They're going to be bad at sport. Right. But yet, you do find. I don't know if they're overrepresented, but I can name you. I can name you three examples of very eminent sports people who were born prematurely. These are Wilma Rudolph, um, uh, uh, Tyson Fury, and Wade Van der Neerkirk. Now, I don't know about Wade van der Neerkirk, but I do know with regard to Tyson Fury, absolutely, his incredible, one of the normally people that are born prematurely have low muscle, have unmuscular, um, and, and normally, you know, so you, so you get these weird contradictions, you know, so normally they have low IQ, but they're overrepresented among people that have outlier high intelligence in certain areas. Similarly, normally they're physically weak and have low muscle mass, but one of the consequences can be sometimes damage to the pituitary gland causing very high muscle mass and increased height, right? So you see that with Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's six foot nine and he's very, very muscular. And also, by the way, seems to be quite high in psychopathic traits. And these, this, I don't think this is a coincidence. He was born three months early and that's not a coincidence. Uh, Wilma Rudolph who you may have heard of, the uh, black runner. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, one of the things that can happen as a consequence of being born prematurely um, is that you end up with these, these very narrow sort of legs, um, and, and the legs act as pivots, of course. And so everyone knows in physics, the narrower the pivot, then the, the, the faster it'll go. So that's probably why she was such a good runner. It's not independent of her being born prematurely. But overall, they tend to be bad at sport. Fascinating. And so that would lead to this genius, you know, mental genius traits. Um, what other kind of elements other than kind of the, can you talk a little bit more about charisma? We've talked about the genius, but how does prematurity influence this personality of charismatic personalities? So what, um, what is the charismatic personality? What kind of person ends up becoming um, very, very eminent? Uh, put aside genius, simply very, very eminent. And there's good research on this that the, the predictors are, first of all, that they're re reasonably high in intelligence, uh, and they combine this with elements of psychopathic personality. So this makes them um, sort of Machiavellian and narcissistic, and so they want power and they think they're good and, and, and all that sort of thing. And these things would be associated with being born prematurely. Um, and secondly, uh, th they will be a high in mental instability. And what this will mean is this will make them highly creative and, and so on, as we discussed earlier, but also it will make them prone to things like profound religious experiences as, as a way of coping with their anxiety that give them a profound sense that they are, you know, that, that God has chosen them or whatever it happens to be. And then they will have this aura, this, this glow of, uh, um, of certainty that 
as Vax Weber put it, they can make a cold world feel warm for people again, and they can inspire people, and you will follow them to the ends of the earth. And so in the chapter that I look at on this, I notice that um, if you look at how they're portrayed in literature, people that are born prematurely, then the way that, in, they, that they seem, and that's probably reflecting how they were seen at the time, then they seem to basically either be the, the malcontent, so they're like the evil genius sort of person, the, 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 you know, like Darth Vader, the, the evil genius, or the deeply flawed um, positive genius that's, that's good for the group. Um, so they're either portrayed as being mad or bad. Um, and and if you and this can be seen again and again throughout literature and throughout religion. So, for example, in Shakespeare, Richard III, he's the evil genius. Um, he is born prematurely. Um, I, the the, the title of the book, sent before their time, that comes from Richard III, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up. That's Richard III, the evil genius. In um, uh, in in King Lear, you have the character Edmund. Edmund again is portrayed as he's he's, he's born prematurely. They say, and he's he's again a, a sort of evil genius, the malcontent that uh, that wants to you know that is highly Machiavellian and uh, and narcissistic and, and and wants to sort of uh, get things for himself. The the bad genius. You then have the concept of the moon calf. This is a term that is used in about Caliban in the Tempest. Well, he's completely insane. So there's this idea that they're insane. And remember that people that are born early are more likely to be mad. They are, that's, that's certainly true. So you have, um, you have the moon calf. Uh, uh, malign lunar influence causes cows to give birth prematurely. And so there is this insult that was used against preemies, the moon calf. So there's obviously an understanding that they tend to be a bit mad. But then you have these flawed heroes in Shakespeare that are also supposedly brought, uh, uh, born early, um, such as Macduff and Posthumus. They're both supposed to be born prematurely. And these are these flawed heroes, these flawed charismatic figures. So that's the other type. In terms of sport, there's a character in Ben Johnson's Bartholomew Fair uh, called, called Mooncalf. And that person is described as having grasshopper's thighs, which is consistent with what I said earlier about being good at certain kinds of sports because you have a, a certain kind of physical build. So you then have in uh, in um, um, Dickens, it may well be that that Dickens was born early because he um, his his most autobiographical book, uh, David Copperfield. David Copperfield is born early. Oliver Twist is born early, and again, Oliver Twist is this kind of anti-hero. He's a hero, but he's he's deeply flawed. Um, also, uh, being Ely, you have Quasimodo, of course, uh, born early in the in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and then if you go if you go into um, the the, uh, the various different mythologies you find, as I said, that they're they're clearly um, overrepresented. As I as I said earlier, you, they're 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 clearly very. So that's that's how they tend to. But that's how they would tend to become charismatic types. Right, but they also have to have a certain mental sensitivity to really get into somebody else's mind and shape that to get them to follow them to influence them, which I think would correlate with somebody who may not be as, you know, focused on athletics or physical prowess or something like that. It have to be somebody who has that innate sensibility, I would think. I think that's well, really I what think, charisma I think, is. I think, if you are, I think if you are high in autism, that, and that's another thing about being a late developer, and this is very important. So um, one of the things that, I say, as I said, you note with geniuses is they're late developers. Why are they late developers? Well, because they're autistic and that makes you a late developer because the world for you is this world of chaos and frightening and whatever. And so it's very difficult to develop a stable sense of self. You ask yourself, who am I and what should I do in order to best get through life? And from that, you develop a sense of who you are. 
But if you if you are surrounded in by this world of chaos that you don't understand because you can't read people's social social social, uh, social signals and uh, and and everything seems really frightening and overwhelming, then one of the consequences is that you don't really develop a stable sense of self. You, you're not really sure who you should be. And so you then start experimenting with different sorts of selves. And in its extreme case, you get borderline personality disorder, which we've discussed on here before, where you adopt a very, very extreme sense of self for the very, very black and white. Um, uh, but that is itself unstable and it falls apart. And, and then you have another kind of sense of self. And that's a bit like what, what these religious figures are like. They, they tend to be late developers and they tend to they tend to have a, a sense of self and they tend to have a complete breakdown. And then have so St. Paul is a good example of this. He's the arch persecutor of Christians, and then suddenly he has a breakdown and he's the arch Christian. That's the example right. of borderline personality disorder. So someone like that, if he was high in autistic traits and in neuroticism, he would take time to be able to cognitively learn how to deal with other people. Whereas somebody that wasn't like that, they would they would just know instinctively how to deal with other people. So I think the first thing is that if they're, they're autistic, if they've got autistic traits, then they will be good. They will learn by an older age. And often these charismatics comes out, come out of their shells quite late, you know, at 30 or 40. Jesus was supposed to be 30, you know, um, and Muhammad was supposed to be about 40. Um, and they've learned how to deal with other people. The second concept is the concept of the wounded healer. And this is the Henri Nouon, the French theologian, looked at this with a lot of these people that are charismatics, even if they're shamans and, and things like this. They've been through suffering themselves. They've had a rotten childhood or, or whatever. They've been through suffering themselves and therefore they are able to somehow um, intuitively identify and cure that in other people. And so that may also be something that you that you see with these charismatic figures. And that would be more likely to be true of people that are premature. Interviews with them indicate they're much more likely to be bullied. They're much more likely to report uh, unhappy childhoods. They're much more likely to report health problems uh, when they're children uh, um, and, and all, all kinds of other stuff. Right. No, it's really fascinating. I mean, I've seen I've, I now that I've read through the book, looked through the book and you talking. I know people who fit this profile, like the premature uh, much more intellectual, mentally. I tell you, another thing that's interesting as well is, is memory. So if you, um, they have different kinds of memory, premature people from, from normal people, and autistic people have that same kind of memory, which is that they have specific elevated skills in some areas. They have very good memories for certain kinds of information, but that they are bad at other kinds of information, are possibly due to the left anterior lobe being developed differently so they'll be they'll lose things they'll be clumsy that sort of thing but they'll have fantastically good memory fantastically good recall um fantastically good memory for what other people would see as unimportant information amazing ability to absorb things and that could often i think help people if, if you're charismatic i mean imagine how wonderful it is if somebody remembers your name and if, if someone's the, the famous charismatic and they remember you and they remember details about you and you feel like personally blessed because of that. That's the kind of thing that's going to be true of these kinds of people that wouldn't be true of, uh, of, of uh, non-autistic. Right. Really fascinating. And just another fascinating discussion and book. So congratulations on this. I know you have another one coming out this year. Is there anything you'd like to add or anything I missed before we wrap this up? Well, we could talk about the, the late development is, I think, really, really important. So IQ stability is another one. So normally th there's a correlation of about 0.6 between how intelligent you are when you're about eight years old and how intelligent you are when you're 18. 
That's not the case with geniuses, and it's not the case with premiums. Premiums tend, to, as I say, to be late developers. Literally, their IQ stability is worse, is, le is less clear, their personality is less clear. Their sexuality and development, what I look at in the book is I, I argue that they, they, they could be seen to be group-selected. So the genius is group-selected. The genius, on average, does not pass on his genes. He does not have children. He is asexual. Of course, there are exceptions. And that's more likely as well to be true of the person born prematurely. He is more likely to not pass on his genes. He is more likely to be asexual. He is more likely to never have a sexual relationship. Um, and so what that means is that they are operating potentially at the group level. They, they're, they're not passing on their genes, but they're passing on the genes of the group by, let's say, inspiring the group to be more religious and thus more ethnocentric in times of war or by coming up with amazing invention to inspire the group or, or you know, to help the group out or whatever it happens to be. So there'd have to be a mechanism via which um, um, these kinds of this, this small optimum level of geniuses um, could be too many. And of course, everybody would be everybody would be dreamers. But this small level could be created. One mechanism could be uh, that genes which are normally negative are kept in the population because sometimes they combine in useful ways and create a genius. But another method would be that um, these people are forged in the wombs of unhealthy, elderly stressed mothers um and and that i mean why is it that women are able to give birth beyond it being healthy for them to do so such that they can have children with down syndrome there'd have to be a reason for that and one reason would be that and there is probably a relationship uh, is that if they are a bit unhealthy then they might produce people that are born early and therefore people that are more likely to be geniuses so that could be the mechanism right fascinating oswald asks uh are is dutton aware of anybody who's attempted to intentionally Induce prematurity in an effort to create genius, or just for experiments. I, I, I think well, that my my book, which demonstrated this, is was only published in January, so they right. they and, and I I don't think that would work because I think on on average it would inducing prematurity would just cause your child to have a a rotten life and and to to not be particularly successful. It's 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 only in unlikely cases that everything is going to go right. Just as normally if you have um, uh, unusual gene combinations, it's probably going to cause things to be negative, but sometimes it causes things to be positive. So I, I wouldn't have thought that would be a very good idea. Gotcha. And you, uh, you're still at your website is edwarddutton.com, correct? Your full That's name. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And you're still the jolly heretic. And yeah. again, the title. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Well, I mean, I'll just say, if anyone's listening from the UK, I'm going to be in the UK on the 11th of March doing a doing a speech in London on the psychology of wokeness. And um, if you awesome. go to uh, uh, if you go to my latest video, you'll see uh, a link if you want to buy a ticket. But otherwise, no, there's nothing else I, I'm announcing. I'm working on a book on spiteful mutants at the moment, and uh, and um, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. So you've got the spiteful mutants, but you also have the past is a future country, the coming conservative demographic revolution. Yeah, that's that's the galley stage, and that'll be coming out in uh, in July. In July, awesome. Well, good luck with that, and and being in London. And again, the title of this book is sent before their time: Genius, Charisma, and Being Born Prematurely by Professor Edward Dutton. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Bye bye. All right, stay there, stay there, stay there. All right, that was.